What if I told you growth happens after the collapse? What if I told you separately we are weak, but together we change the world? This is a personal development social experiment designed to grow the participants, the producer, and the audience equally. This is 30 for 30. To the iCoach 30 for 30 series. I'm joined today by Coach Adam Harvey. He is currently the defensive co coordinator at Huddle High School, uh, one of the premier programs in the state of Texas and on the rise. So Coach Harvey, thank you very much for joining me. Coach Nash, I appreciate you reaching out, man. I'm looking forward to this. I uh, have a lot of respect for you and appreciate what you do for our game, man. Man, I appreciate that very much, Coach. I know uh, we've, we've kind of ran the same circles for some years now, and uh, I've always been a, a fan of what you do. With, uh, you have talent at DB, but you also coach, coach the crap out of some defensive backs, man. So I've, I've seen that, and I respect it very much. Uh, just kind of tell us how you got to uh, where you are now at Hello. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I, uh, you know, I started my, my coaching career in the early 2000s. Um, you know, I moved up to the Midwest, actually, and uh, you know, after finishing college, went over to Indiana and coached basketball for a couple of years. Um, you know, growing up, I was a multi-sport athlete, and, and basketball kind of took the reins. Uh, coming out of high school, I had, I had an offer to go play some basketball, and so I did that and uh, just kind of wanted to, to make my own path, I guess. <laughs> I was a stubborn, hard-nosed 18-year-old kid, you know, that uh, just wanted to kind of step out of the norm, so to speak, and the norm was football and baseball in my family, and uh, so anyway, I went up to uh, to Indiana for two years and coached ball up there, and then um, honestly missed football and kind of missed the whole multi-sport uh, show. It was just a basketball school that I was at, and um, so my wife and I came back down to Texas in 2005 settled in the San Antonio area and I spent uh, eight years at a middle school here in San Antonio. Um, you know, just kind of thought it would be a couple of years stop, um, you know, really stumbled upon it. Uh, I was working part time as a youth pastor at the time, uh, as a matter of fact. And so uh, through that, I met the head tennis coach at this private, affluent private middle school. Um, and so when I went and interviewed, it was kind of cool because, you know, they were doing basketball practice and um, sat down with the end of the AD and, uh, you know, we're sitting there watching basketball practice and he was like, oh yeah, there's, uh, you know, David Robinson Jr. And, and there's Sean, Sean Elliott steps on. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And so, uh, had that opportunity, um, there in Oh five and ended up staying for eight years, man. I, I started the football program there in 2009, uh, or I should say resurrected it. They had one back in the day in the early or I guess late 70s, early 80s, and then did away with the program. We brought it back uh, in 2009. That was a lot of fun. So I did that for four years, uh, just, you know, coaching everything under the sun, man. Football, basketball, lacrosse, actually. I picked up lacrosse, which I knew nothing about. Uh, but just enjoyed being around kids and, and coaching, you know, any sport that I possibly could. And then in, uh, in 2013, uh, got the call um, to, at Steel High School um, that I made a connection with. and. Uh, so I went over there and interviewed, and uh, it all worked out. So, uh, you know, I was there for the last seven years. Um, as you mentioned, had some really good DBs 
uh, was, a, you know, really fortunate to coach some, some studs, man. Um, but, you know, also uh, I, I do feel that, you know, we, we made some progress uh, there, although that, they, you know, they had already won a state championship, you know, went back in 11 and, uh, and unfortunately, you know, didn't pull that one out. But, you know, the, the seven years that I was there, man, played a lot of ball games and, and uh, got to the state semis twice. Uh, was able to to see the state championship uh, once in 2016, and uh, unfortunately came up short to a great DeSoto team there. But a lot of fun, and then uh, you know got got connected with Coach Laplante several years ago, and we just kind of kept the relationship. And then uh, you know one thing led to another. He called me up uh, this off season, and and here we are. So I'm excited about joining the Hippos. Um, really excited about you know those kids and that, that community. Um, they just really love ball, but they love life too. And they do life well uh, from what I've seen so far. And my wife got on with the district and, you know, my kids are really excited as well. So we're looking forward to it, man. It's just a new chapter in this thing we call life. And, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how, how things pan out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a fantastic story. I always, uh, you know, I'm a guy who, who started in the middle school ranks as well. And uh, I've actually, I spent a couple of years in an affluent uh, at private school and, you know, it's a totally different experience, but I think it helps mold you into the varsity level coach that you want to be and the type of leader that you want to be. Uh, coach, man, tell me a, a little bit about how being a, a believer, how being a, a Christian affects the way that you coach kids. Yeah. Um, first of all, I agree, man. I think, you know, cutting your teeth at that level, it, it teaches you a, a lot of patience, a lot of humility. Um, so I agree with that. You know, I think, I think with your question, you know, being real, man, just being vulnerable, you know, being a Christian in America, a lot of times can look some, something like, um, you know, perfection and it's not, it's, it's not even close, man. In fact, I would almost vow and vouch for those that say, man, I'm not perfect. And then take it even a step further and show your vulnerability, coach. You know, I, I get so sick and tired, man, of, of, you know, we can call it fakeness and stuff and we can call it religion and, it's, and that's a cliche, but I'm going to go beyond that. And, and even the, the pursuit of holiness in an American mindset, I think is extremely skewed. I think we are called to a pursuit of holiness. And if we're not really striving to be what Jesus called us to be, then what the crap are we really standing for? You know what I'm saying? But with all that said, my problem with it is I've got everything put together. I'm prim and proper. And, you know, we all live in a glass house anyways, coaches. I mean, truthfully, you know, we're standing and there's, there's a lot of cliches that can come out right now. We're standing for something, no matter what it is. Right. So, the old saying is, you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. We are standing for something. And I think it's generally speaking, it's easy for us coaches to say, this is what I stand for. But I, but I just go back to the words of Paul, you know, and it doesn't matter which church he was writing the letters to. And, and by the way, I find it amazing that he had to spend 13 books of the Bible to continue to write letters to the church, by the way. So everybody wants to talk about these unbelievers and all the unsaved and we need to go do this. We need to go do that. Well, crap, if the church is doing what it's supposed to, number one, he wouldn't have to write that many letters, wrote that many letters that close to the life of Jesus, who, by the way, showed us exactly how to do it. But yet he did. And here we are 2000 years later and we still don't get it. We still don't understand it. So what is it that I want to do as a believer and a coach and how do I want to live my life? Real. I mean, in short, it's real. And if, if, if I have a prim and proper mindset, 
And these kids look at me and they think that guy does no wrong. Number one, that's fake. I'm not, I'm, what am I doing? I'm really not pointing them to Jesus. I'm pointing them to something that I want to be. And therefore, if, if I'm in the way, then Jesus isn't glorified. And if Jesus isn't glorified, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Pardon my language, coach, but that's how I see it. What am yes, I sir. doing if he's not glorified, man? You know, Christ be crucified and be crucified in my life on a daily. And if that's the case, my sins are the ones that crucified him. And so I've got to make sure that I'm being real. That's not a cop out, man. That's not to say, oh, I can go and act a fool. And then, you know, Jesus' blood sets me free. That's not what I'm saying. But I think there's a really fine line and we've got to be careful, particularly in America. And I can say this because I've been overseas. I've seen it in Brazil, man. I've seen it in Albania, which was the poorest country in the Western hemisphere. It's not like I just went to all these you know, great countries, Norway and Australia and all the, all the places that have money. And I've seen it in slums of, you know, second world Brazil and then third world Albania. And man, I tell you, we, we missed the mark a whole lot and we don't see it, you know, and that's okay too. I get that, but I'm not here to be that guy because I've seen it and I know what it looks like. So I, I can go on and on, on coach. That, that gets me fired up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, it, it's funny how that kind of correlates to what we're going through as a nation right now. Cause with me, I'll just, you know, speaking very candidly about myself, my Christian values, uh, I feel it has so much to do with how you treat your, your fellow man. I feel that, it, that you show respect, you show love always. And we're having an issue within our nation right now where we're upset over uh, a mascot. We're, we're upset over our Southern heritage and pride and a flag that represents some, one thing to one group and one thing to another group. And it's causing us to hate each other. And that is, that's, I'm struggling with that coach. You know, that's, that's tearing me apart because that's not what Christ commanded of us. So mm-hmm. I, I saw a, a particular exchange and all I could do was, was from a view, watch this on, on Twitter as, as it was going, but a random uh, fan was attacking one of your former players about the stance that they were taking for their university and what they believe in. And you came in and you, and you boldly spoke. And that meant, that meant the world to me. I know it meant the world to the young man that you, uh, that you were, speaking on behalf of so how do we get past this divide that's that's ripping our country apart wow million dollar question coach first of all i am right there with you my man and it wears me out um to no end that we want to be bigots and we think that our way is the only way and the right way and this and that you know, whether you're talking about politics, whether you're talking about somebody's, you know, color of their skin or their economic status, all of it. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, look at, I look at the situation that we're in as a, as a nation. And, I, and I've got to go to something I actually tweeted this morning. I've got to go, and I, I don't know if even know who quoted who this is. It's a quote by somebody, and I wish I knew who it was. But we have to listen to understand. We have to listen to comprehend rather than listen to respond, right? If I'm just sitting here listening to you and all I'm thinking about is the next thing I say, all I'm I'm not really listening. I'm hearing you. I hear you. You know, we say all the time, man, I hear you. I hear you. But do you really listen to me? You know, are you really listening to me? And, And I think that, you know, as you mentioned, whether it's a flag or whether it's words or whether it's a statue or, you know, a song or, or whatever, are we listening, you know, and, and, and you can make that argument for both sides, coach. I'm not here to, to just jump again. I I talked about the bigots. I'm not here to be a bigot about nobody's wanting to listen, but Hey, writing things on the wall. Are we listening? 
you know? I feel like, I feel like, number one, um, as a white man, I owe you an apology, coach. I, 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 I feel that way, man. You know, I was texting with one of my buddies last night that we went to grade school together, who's another white guy. And one of the things, you know, we actually got into a little bit of a political discussion and I'm, and that's not me either. You know, my wife gets mad at me all the time because I'm really mu very much in the middle politically, but she's like, I wouldn't say gets mad at me. She questions me, <laughs> challenges me. That's a better way to put it, coach. <laughs> you know, but I'm a very black and white guy in a lot of ways, but not in the ways that, that maybe that, that some, pe some people think I should be, I guess. I'm very much in the middle of, of a lot of those things that we call political or whatever to the point where it's hard for me to vote for either side, man, because I'm just like, man, these jokers, nobody knows what the heck they're talking about. They just want to say something because they know they're going to get clicks. They know they're going to get votes, this and that. And, you know, and I don't want to get too political on it, but I think, I think where we need to go right now is just freaking like you and I are doing, sit down, talk and listen. Because if you're not going to listen, you're not going to have a conversation. Talking is not a conversation. Talking and listening combined makes the conversation. Now we can move forward knowing how you feel and knowing how I feel. Now we can move forward because the apology that I made to you a second ago was really the way we treat you, but it's all deriving on based. We're not listening. I don't know that, that, that the majority of white people would come out and say, you know, I'm a racist, but I could guarantee to you the majority of the white people cannot truthfully say I've listened, including me, coach, including me. We have to listen. And when we do that, yeah, we can still come up with our own opinions. You know, I think I'm, a, I'm going on a, on a tangent here, coach. I apologize. Go for I'm it, coach. No, go for I, it. I think, I, think, I think people need to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on our profession for a second. People need to see us in, in the office when we're talking about how to stop an offense or how to attack a defense, right? Mm -hmm. It gets heated. I, absolutely, it gets heated. But when we walk out the door and the Sharpie remains on the tray, leave the freaking Sharpie on the tray, man. Like, there's no reason to carry a Sharpie in your pocket because you've got to pull it out at any moment to, to defend your purpose. What the heck, what, what are we doing? You know, leave the Sharpie on the tray and drop your feelings with the Sharpie. You know what yes. I'm saying? Usually in the trash right below it, <laughs> right? We just aren't doing that in America. You know, we got to go to our, we got to go to our screens. We got to go to our phones and our computers and then our, you know, whatever else, our t-shirts and, you know, and, and now all of a sudden it's, it, it becomes more than just a song or more than just a t-shirt or more than just a statue. Now it's, it's your well-being because you weren't willing to listen to begin with, you know? Mm -hmm. So we've got to listen. We've got to hash it out. And then we've got to leave our Sharpies on the train. I don't know, oh. man. That, I don't know. Hey, that was well said. Cause I, I agree a hundred percent. And, oh man, you, you made me think of a, an instance here when, when you issued that apology, I, you know, I felt, I felt it. I, 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 that kind of touched me a little bit because it's nothing that you've ever done. It's nothing that you were responsible for, but you still take ownership of, of some of the sins of the past. And for me, like, I'll just tell this quick story. I was, I, I was embarrassed the other day. So I, I get out of my car and I'm going into Sprouts because I'm trying to eat healthy or whatever, trying to go get me some, uh, some, some nice fruit and veggies or whatnot. And, I, and I'm going in and 
Uh, I, I purchase my stuff. I come out and I walk into my car and there's a, a Caucasian lady walking into the building. And I've conditioned myself because I'm a six, one and a half, six, two, 240 pound black man with a beard. And I smile a lot, but that's still, you know, I can still be intimidating. Uh, I, I kind of veered away and, and walked the long route to get to my car. And, uh, and she kind of stopped and said, hey, good afternoon. I said, good afternoon. She said, how are you? I said, I'm fine. How are you? She said, doing great. And then went on into the story. And I thought, you know how embarrassing that is? That I've been conditioned that in my mind, I feel like everybody sees me a certain way. But maybe that's just few and far between. You know, maybe I, I don't have to go veer outside of my, of, of my walk. I can just be who I am and smile and say good afternoon to somebody. And they'll say good afternoon back to me. They won't clutch their purse or, or, or feel frightened or feel the need to, to pick up their cell phone to call 911 because they see me walk in their direction. And man, it just the only, only emotion I could put with that is that I felt embarrassed that yeah. the state of our nation where I'm made to feel this way. And maybe because I grew up in one of the most racist parts of Southeast Texas, where there are some towns that we couldn't, that we would go the long way if we were going to visit family in Louisiana. We, uh, we didn't go through Viner. We didn't, we didn't go through some of the towns in, in Southeast Texas. And I've conditioned myself that that's how, that's how it is. And that's not how it is. And God tells me that's not how it is. And I didn't. Mm. So I, I got to issue an apology for that because we, we take these things that we see and we hold them as, uh, as a big blanket fact. When I, I mean, what it is, it's just each individual's content of their character, man. And we have, mm. to, we have to start judging people based upon that and not how they look. And I, you get it on the, on, the, on the nail on the head for me. Well, and Coach, that's, you know, I think your conscience, it, it is what it is, man. And, and I commend you for that. You know, I want to find the silver lining in this too, Coach, because I've griped a lot early <laughs> in this conversation. I, I really want to be a positive guy in this. Here's the thing, man. Would that conversation, even though it was short and in passing with that lady, would that have happened if our country's not going through what it's going through? Probably not, right? Yeah. So. I think, I think there, there can be some really good things with this. You know, she obviously probably felt very similar to the way you did in saying, you know, okay, I'm going to be extremely nice to this man, knowing what he looks like, you know, because that, that, that's not something that we can hide from, or, nor should we. You know, it's like people that say it's not about color. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. And it's okay that, you know, here's what it's not about. It's not about what we can or cannot control until we can or cannot control it, then it becomes about that, right? And so why, it, why is it not about color? If you really truly believe that, well, did you decide to be black? No, I didn't decide to be white. No, that was not, that was not my decision. Now, do we have a decision to be prideful in where we come from? You know what I mean? That's when it matters. And so it's those things that, that we decide, you know, the choices that we make is what make us who we are, not anything else. And so it does matter because we've made it matter. But again, that, th those conversations that we can come up with, I think are what's gonna, going back to your original question or your previous question, I think that may be one of the things that could save the world, right? Mm -hmm. Is, hello, how are you? And it's a six foot two, 240 pound African-American guy talking to a little petite white lady or whatever she looked like. You know what I'm saying? Like. I mean, it, it, it's, it's those things that, you know, may not seem like a whole lot, but that conversation doesn't happen six months ago, you know, yes. and you know, 
thank God that it did, man. And so let's, let's look for those conversations, you know, and, and those aren't the tough conversations, but those are the conversations that I think can regain the trust, you know, and, and begin to heal the process a little bit. And, and that's the silver lining in all this. So, man, I, I appreciate your conscience in that, but I also want to say that, you know, the, the embarrassment of that can turn into something that we can begin I think flipping the script a little bit with just conversations, walking into the store, Hey, how are you today? You know, I think we can flip the script in a lot of ways just by doing that. And so I commend you for that, man. Absolutely. And man, I'm, you, you found the silver lining. You, that, that is the silver lining. We're having conversations like you and I are having right now. Uh, and this broadcast will go out where people can hear and listen to understand, and not just listen to have an opinion about what's being said. And, that's where our nation. That's what our nation needs. I think you may have solved it, Coach Harvey. I think you may, you may have just solved it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. We we got to execute it as as coaches. We know that, Coach. We can yes, sit sir. in front of a whiteboard or we can tell, teach it on the field all we want to, but the kids don't execute it. We got, we still got the same problem. So, maybe, you know, we got to execute it, man. And it starts with me, man. It starts mm -hmm. with us. You know, if, if, if I'm talking, that's my thing right now. Is like. You know, it was very heavy, and as you mentioned, I took care of that young man that I care deeply about. He's like my own son on Twitter. Um, that ain't enough, Coach. That's that's just a small gesture, and that's just a small movement of the things that I've got to do to show love to people all the time. And, you know, I, I've kind of started this whole hashtag, you know, of, you know, fight for love, man. Fight the good fight, to quote, to quote the word. You know, if we're yes, going to fight the good fight, man, we got to understand that, you know, like – Ephesians six twelve type stuff, man. Ephesians six ten, you know, we gotta we gotta take take Paul's words again to the to the church of, of, of Ephesus and and do those things that he called them to do. We gotta put on that full armor and not fight these idiotic fights that we wanna fight in America. And Christians are right in the freaking middle of it, man. Yes. Like, are you kidding me? Like you just wanna sit here and 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 use God as your cop out and your scapegoat, get out of here with that mess, man. I ain't got time for it, you know? No. So anyway, man, I, yeah, it gets me fired up, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Coach, man, this has been the fastest 30 minutes I've ever run through on any, on anything <laughs> because it's been a, such a passionate, passionate conversation about things that matter. And so I just have to thank you again for, uh, for joining us here and just sharing uh, the passion that drives you, man. Just, just sharing the love of Christ with everyone who needs to hear it. And uh, this is one thing I do, Coach. It's the first first uh, series I put together for 30 for 30. Uh, mm -hmm. I watched all of them. Uh, and there's always this cool tagline. You know, it's either, you know, broke. There's the you, the you part two. If this is Coach Harvey's 30 for 30, what's our title? Wow. Real. <laughs> Real. <laughs> Real, man. Real. Um, you know, I – man, I want change coach. I do. I want real change. I don't want facades. You know, I, I don't want cute sayings for our next t-shirt. You know, I, I don't want any, I don't want any fluff, man. I want, I want the real deal. And, you know, that's something that, that I've talked to the kids about at Hutto, you know, whether we're on the field, whether we're off the field, like we're going to be real. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, you know, if, if, if I get my choice one day, what's on my tombstone? You know, you know, Adam Harvey, 1979 till question mark, whenever that is, hopefully a long time. Um, and then underneath it, you know, he was real. And, and that's enough said for me. I'm good with that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
one of my, uh, I guess I tweet this a lot because my kids that I coach, I always mention it, uh, put me anywhere. I'm the realest person in the room. I think that's a challenge right now because you're a real one, Coach Hart. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. Amen, brother. We, we, and again, go back to the healing process. We got to be, you know, we can't, we can't try to be fake, man. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. So, might for a little while. It may for a long time for some people, but eventually mm -hmm. you will be found out. You will yeah. be found out. So always, always. Yeah. Well, Coach Harvey, again, I have to thank you. Uh, this was this was special. I can't wait to uh, to share this with our listeners. And uh, if you want to follow Coach Harvey, I've, I've one of my best followers on Twitter. Coach, you mind dropping your Twitter handle? No, not at all, man. But we appreciate it, Coach. It's uh, at Coach underscore Harvey one eight. That's eighteen. So. Uh, it's my, my anniversary, and I'm a big Peyton Manning fan, too. So, uh, at Coach underscore Harvey 18 will be that on Twitter. Hit me up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, this has been 30 for 30. Coach Harvey, we appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me on, Coach. Appreciate you. Let's change the world, buddy. Yes, sir.